0: Chicago is more than great food, iconic sports, legendary music, and crooked politicians. It's a community of people who, at their core, care about one another and their city. We're chatting with new and native Chicagoans about all things local on The Chicagoan Podcast. How are you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to The Chicagoan Podcast. Today I'm joined by Juan Leva, Vice President of Operations and General Manager of London House. Juan, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Tony. I'm really excited to be here. Likewise, likewise. No, what a, what an incredible story you are, just as a person, right? And um, you know, obviously, you have this very prestigious job and, and very well uh, known throughout Chicago. But the journey to get there is, is quite special for you. I'm, I'm, I'm so honored to be able to share that. Um, how did how did you get into the business, first of all?
1: Sure. No. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for those compliments. Uh, it's been a journey, uh, and I never thought myself I'd be in hospitality or in hotels. You know, I actually. Came to this country as an undocumented immigrant at four years old, running across the border, literally with my mom and my uncle wow. uh, and my sister. And, you know, growing up, that was just my life. I was undocumented. I And, I, and, and coming to Chicago? Yep. From, yeah, came straight to Chicago. That's where my, my dad and, and my brothers were already waiting for us. Oh, wow. Yeah, so big family. know, yeah. uh, fi- uh, Two brothers, two sisters. I'm, I'm one of five siblings. But yeah, no, so growing up, I was undocumented. I, I knew that I'd have challenges, so... You know, I kept my head down, kind of stayed quiet, didn't do much. Um, When I was 13 years old, my brothers actually started um, a band, a Mexican band, a banda Sinaloense. So my mom was like, do it with your brothers, you know. So I ended up doing that at 13. (laughs) I didn't even know that. Yeah, no. So I, I started playing in the band at 13. And you know, by 15, 16, we started getting some popularity. So we started playing in venues, clubs, <laughs> and, you know, all those things. Yeah, it was nuts. So could have gone another direction for you. <laughs> yeah, no. So the good thing was I was able to make money. So as a high school student, it was kind of you know, I want to say lack of a better word, I was more normal where kids had jobs. I'm like, oh, I'm in a band. This is how I get money. This is how I pay for things. And I did that, you know, all through high school. Um, but you know, I had the challenges of someone undocumented. I couldn't drive. I couldn't get a license. Things like that. And then when I graduated high school, um, you know, I was like, "What now?" I, I can't. I didn't think. I didn't know about the resources that were available to me. Mm-hmm. So I just assumed I couldn't go to college, a four-year college. I couldn't get scholarships. I couldn't get loans. I couldn't get anything like that. So that's one you know, of the things that we had talked about putting ceilings on ourselves, yeah. right? As yeah, where, if, you know, hindsight's twenty-twenty. I know now there's scholarships for people in the situation. There's grants that help out and things like that. But I didn't know. I just like, want, again, keep my head down, stay quiet, don't tell you know, don't ask, don't tell. And um, so my brother, my oldest brother, actually paid for my first year of community college out of pocket, which I'm ever grateful for. For you? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, He because he fun- he's like, you know, there's no way you're not going to school, to college. So he, he paid for that first year. That's awesome, man. But, you know, I, I realized that I couldn't just be in the band, so I started just getting jobs that someone in my situation would get. I worked, at, my first job was at a factory that I uh, rode a bike to or rollerblades to, and it was a factory, I just kept my head down, you know. Um, and then when I started school, I couldn't do the factory job anymore because I was Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. So I'm like, I got to find something else. So I just started looking at businesses that had help wanted signs on the window. I was like, if they have that, they're not, maybe not as legitimate or, or won't check the background right, right. as much. So I uh, got a job at a Mexican restaurant. I was a cook for a while. I knew nothing about cooking. <laughs> um, but yeah, there I was. Um, and then they had me cleaning and, you know, doing different things. Um, that didn't work out well just because, yeah, the kitchen's not for me. I wish it were, <laughs> but it's not. So, Your front of house. Yeah, front of house, <laughs> for sure. And so I went to a staffing agency. You know, I took my documentation that I had, and I applied and said, just get me a job somewhere where it's more consistent. So they got me this factory job, and it was from 3.30 in the morning till 4.30 in the afternoon, and it was brutal work. Like I didn't even realize that we were being kind of Almost forced to be, do overtime. They just told me the schedule was from three thirty to four three thirty a.m. to four thirty p.m. And I was like, <sighs> I was like, okay, cool, you know. <laughs> I didn't think much of it, right? You right. know, it right. worked with my band schedule. It, it allowed me to do. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, but it was it was hard, hard work. We were um, cutting metal pipes, and so it was physically exhausting. You know, being there for thirteen hours a day. Um, some, most of the times it was six days a week, so Monday through Saturday. And I was like, this is brutal, Um, you know, but it's the situation I'm in. And I remember the plant manager pulled me aside one day, and he's like, hey, can I talk to you? I was like, sure, what's up? He's like, why are you here? I'm like, what do you mean? You know, like, I'm working. He's like, no, 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 like, you speak English. You know, you seem like you're put together, you're educated, why are you here? And I, you know, I didn't know what to say because I'm like, this guy's gonna fire me on the spot. So I'm like, no, you know, I just, you know, I I like hard work. And he's like, no, I, I think... I know your situation. Am I right? And, I, and then he just looked at me, you know, and we looked at each other, and I was like, Yeah. He's like, Okay. He's like, Just keep doing a good job. I was like, All right, you know, and kind of a mild show. But I guess even he was weirded out. I did that for a while. It's like a Goodwill hunting moment almost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> almost. That's like,
0: not, I, I'm, I'm, you know, dreaming about the day you don't show up because, yeah, you're, exactly. you're, because you're the general manager of London
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe you know, and then and, you drive off into the sunset. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, he goes knocking on my door and right there. So my now it's my wife. It was my girlfriend at the time. She's like, "Hey, my mom works at a hotel. Um, maybe she could get you a job there." You know, I know there's people at the hotel in similar situation <clears> than you. Uh, and I said, "Yeah, anything. <laughs> you know, anything than this." And um, so she gets uh, her mom gets me an interview with the front office manager, and. I just remember my mom's like, I didn't have a suit. I didn't have, and she's like, wear a shirt and tie, you know? And I was like, okay, so I got a white shirt and tie, showed up for the interview. And um, he's like, you know, what are you looking for? And I said, anything. And he, you know, I did say I, I'm in a band, so I kind of have a quirky schedule, you know? And he's like, listen, I can put you in the parking garage opening the gate from 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. Tuesday through Thursday. So I was like, yeah, that works with my band schedule. I can do that. And I was like, sure, why not? So yeah, so I started there and I just worked in the booth, you know, at the parking garage and I was opening gates for guests uh, as they were coming in and out of the hotel. And then he's like, hey, I need someone to help cover the front desk. Do you want to start training at the front desk with the team that we have out there? I was like, yeah, you know, the front desk got to wear suits. You know, they they were the fun team. It was uh, indoors. Yeah, indoors. (laughs) Most of the people were, were in their early 20s. So my age, so it was a lot of, you know, it really appealed to me. So I was like, yeah, definitely. I'll learn front desk. And then from there, a bellman went on vacation. He's like, "Hey, can you help us? You know, be a bellman, take luggage up to rooms, help get open doors." And again, I, in my situation, I was in no position to say no to anything. You know, I didn't want to say no. I'm not doing that because my fear was like, well, then you know, we're gonna check your background. And you're gonna be fired. So I just kept my mouth shut and whatever they asked me to do, yeah, I was stay like, under the radar. Stay under the radar. I'll do whatever you guys ask me to do. Um, you know, can you help in room service, delivering food to rooms? Yep, sign me up. You know, and and. So I was doing that, and I was doing the band at the time. So it was it was things were doing well. I was getting money from the band. I had a job with you know insurance and the hotel, and then you know quickly probably after about six months they were looking for a front desk supervisor. Um, and they're like, hey, you know, you seem to know all the departments. Which again, the fact that I had to work in them and I just got my mouth shut benefited me a lot because they're like, you know, all the departments, you know what they all require. Do you want to be a supervisor? I was like, yeah, that sounds interesting. Sure, I'll take it. And then he... I got promoted to supervisor, and and I did that very short because we had a front office manager at the time. He left, the one that hired me, and they brought another person, and he didn't work out. So a month in, two months in, he left, and then they brought in a third person, and that person didn't work out. So then they looked at me, and they're like, listen, like, do you want to be the manager? And I was like... And I'd only been a supervisor for two months, maybe, you know, almost three months... And that really freaked me out, but I was like, what does it entail? And and I talked to our director of HR at the time, which I'm still you know good friends with today, and she's like, it's the same thing. Don't worry about it. We're not going to run any... Because she knew my situation. Mm-hmm. And she's like, we're not going to run anything. You're good. So I was like, okay. So I accepted the manager position, and... You know, so I was like, I figured, I'll take the manager position that way. I can make my own schedule with the band. You know, I don't have to worry about <laughs> the manager scheduling scheduling me when I have a gig or scheduling me when I have somewhere to be. right. So I was like, if I'm the manager, I control my schedule as long as I'm there when I have to be. So I took the manager position. and it you know, I had a great team. They really resonated with me with the fact that I had worked every position. I came from the bottom. Uh, I understood their frustrations. So, I was the manager there for, I want to say, front office manager for a couple of years at that point. And then our company bought the hotel across the street. And so they merged a lot of the positions. And they're like, do you want to be the front office manager at the hotel across the street? It was bigger, it was nice, you know, it was the nicer of the two hotels. And I took that job. And from there, it was just, you know, after that, it became a director position. Now you're overseeing the housekeeping department because you, you know, helped in housekeeping. So became a director there and I was at those O'Hare properties for 8 years and wow. in that time fortunately my situation straightened out I I got you know my green card um I got married I got my green card um and then eventually I got my citizenship and it was funny when I told their GM because the HR knew the situation but when I got my green card you know I got my social Securities, things that I had to for my real you know retirement 401k all that sure. stuff I had to present it so I went to the GM's office and with the HR lady, um, director, and she's like, we have something to tell you. And the, the GM's freaking out because, you know, I'm, I've been a pretty good employee. And I'm like, hey, I'm legal now. And he's like, what does that mean? I was like, you know, I was undocumented. Uh, so, <laughs> And he looks at me, he's like... But how do you speak English? I'm like, no, man, I've, I've been here since I was four years old. Like I've lived here my whole life. I, but how do you speak? English? Yeah. He's like, but how do you speak English if you're illegal? I was like, no, no, that's not how it <laughs> that works. It's like a, a diagnosis. Yeah. Right? No, I'm like, no, I've been here since I was four years old. It's just a situation I'm in. And he was, you know, accepting of it. I was freaking out thinking I'm going to lose my job because, you know, no, you shouldn't be here. He was Super understanding, uh, and they seamlessly, you know, transitioned everything over. And it was, it was, I was really very blessed to be in that situation. And yeah, after eight years, I was the, uh, director of operations, so I was the number two uh, of the two hotels at the time. Um, All still in, at, in, at O'Hare. in O'Hare, yeah. I was um, yeah. over those two hotels as director of operations, and um, just bouncing between the two hotels, you know, because they were across the street from each other. If one needed me here, I'd go here. And in that time, you know, I, there were times where I'd work. 18-hour shifts. Um, The longest shift I ever worked was like 28 hours, I think, was the longest shift I ever worked. Uh, A 28-hour shift? Yeah, I I was the morning. I was the opener from 7 a.m. to 3, and then my p.m. shift called off. So I was a 3 to 11, and then, sure enough, my overnight person called off. Holy smokes. Yeah, so I did the overnight, and then I stayed till the morning meetings, you know, when we have our, our intro meetings, manager meetings, so after that. And it was funny, I went into the GM's office at like 10 a.m. the next day, and I was like, Hey, Dave, I'm gonna leave. And he's like, It's 10 a.m. I was like, Yeah, I've been here for like 28 hours. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, yeah, sorry about that. My bad. <laughs> but wow. you know, I bring that up because it really wasn't, it was tough to stay up and, and do the job. But I was working at this factory, killing myself for 13 hours of mandatory overtime. Yeah. So the fact that I'm wearing a suit, interacting with guests, I got to eat in the restaurant because, you know, the cafeteria was closed or whatnot, and the employee cafeteria, or I went to the employee cafeteria. So to me, it was like, yeah, I'll do you know, 24-hour shift or a 28-hour shift. It's it's not, right, right, right. it's not killing myself in this yeah. factory. So, yeah. you know, working in that factory really set me up to be able to just work my butt off and not think, you know, twice about it about how much hard work it's going to be. So, I was there for eight years. Um, you know, and not to you know to cut you out,
0: because I love this the story. But just it, we were talking earlier, and you were saying how. You, you, you've been asked now, and we'll get to your accolades, right? But yeah. that, um, as a result, people have been asked in to interview you, and, and one of the questions is like, how'd you do it, right? Mm-hmm. How did you get this success? And, you know, just hearing your story, you're, you were bred for it almost, right? And <laughs> on, on, on all these levels of yeah. of one just accepting things and saying yeah. yes to things. And yeah. I'll do that, right? Which most people don't. I don't want to do that. Yeah. And, you know, whatever. It's beneath me. But that that work ethic and, and, and even at the factory when you were asked about it, like, why are you here? And you're like, oh, because I like hard work. Yeah. But it becomes this kind of mantra for you where you're not going to let work stand in the way of your goals, your dreams, you know, uh, even... Your position here in the United States, right? Like yeah. that, to be threatened by it, so it's like everything that you talked about. And you say, I give the same answer every time, which is hard work. but yeah. You're hearing it, which I think is the beautiful part. That it really you groomed yourself for yeah. it in a sense, you know. Right? And
1: and I've had, my mom, I always say, is the hardest worker I know. You know, she she really is. So she instilled it in all of us. Like you yeah. have to work really, really, really hard. Yeah. But even even with the band and then being a manager in a hotel was fun in the sense, you know, I get off work on a Friday at 5 p.m., and then I'd go change, go play a wedding for four or five hours, then go to a nightclub, and then I'd finish playing in the band at like 6 a.m. Jeez. And then I'd go home, shower... And then go, go do my manager shit right, at 7 a.m. Right. You know? God, man. And then all over again because, you know, in the band in the summer season, you're playing at rodeos, birthday parties, uh, you know, and then the clubs. <laughs> like era. it's physically demanding. Yeah, it really it was. You know, people are like, oh, you must love it. You must, you know, hang out at all these bars. I'm like, no, I'm in the bus sleeping. That's what I do in between gigs. Yes. I'm just knocked out, and that's most of us were.
0: Eating while I'm walking.
1: Yeah, like yeah. just trying to you know, make the most of every little minute you have. Yeah, you know, and there's pictures I have of, of playing at, like, a rodeo and you know i'm coming in my work suit you know and i'm changing like taking off the tires wow. i'm running up to the stage and things like that so good for you oh, man, that's it was amazing it was it was fun i will say yeah. that it was it was stressful getting from location to okay am i going to make it on time and am i going to let the guys down in the band or yeah. do i have to stay late because someone called off you know so sure. managing that was challenging but but again all that set me up to know that the hard work is going to pay off at the end and then From O'Hare, how did you get uh, downtown? So from O'Hare, you know, the company had said, you know, you're next in line to be GM. You're next in line to be GM. At the time, I was 24, 25. And GM still? General manager in Rosemont at Mm O'Hare. I was like, oh, cool, you know, and like, you're just not ready yet. Okay. So they brought in a general manager and he was very green. So I showed him the ropes of the property. He was new to the property, but he had been a general manager for a long time. And he was there maybe a year and left, and I'm like, okay, you know, I've groomed that guy, so I'm gonna get the role. And then they're like, no, you're not ready yet. And they brought another person. And then uh, similar to when I became the manager, after the third person, I was like, hey, let's be real, am I gonna take over the GM position? They're like, well, not yet. You got some growing to do. And I'm thinking to myself, I've already, I'm doing everything. I'm grown. Like, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm training these guys. So. Right you know i decided at that point after 8 years to look for another opportunity and i went to deerfield uh, which was a small embassy suites in deerfield but i went because i had heard of the management company was really good they were good at growing people and leaders and everyone's like you're making a mistake you're going from these two properties that are, you're the director of ops to the small suburban property and i was like listen i'm not going for the property i'm going for the management company and and to be perfectly honest, honest with you it was the best move i ever did that wow. company you know, they sent me to leadership summits. They assigned a company mentor to me because they saw the potential in me. They invested in you. Yeah, they really did. Yeah. And um, they really showed me the path of how to be a leader. Because in Rosemont and O'Hare and the factory taught me how to be a hard worker, but it taught me to keep my head down and work hard. Sure. Where going to this company was like, this is what you have to do to be a leader. You have to work for your team. Like one of the first questions um, my mentor asked me, he's like, can you tell me an example of someone that you've mentored? And at the time, I was a 25-year-old director and it was all about me, me, me. So I was like, um, I don't know, no one. you know, If they're not learning yeah. from me, then it's their fault. He's like, no, that's <laughs> not the right attitude, you know? So that was really eye-opening. So I was there for a year and a half. I really wish I would have stayed with the company longer. Eventually, the company sold and to Hyatt and, and merged, but I saw a listing for London House Chicago. New hotel on Michigan Avenue opening up. I saw the pictures of it and I was like, man. And it said, you must have Hilton Experience. All my hotels previous were Hilton Experience, hmm. so. That was I had ten years of Hilton experience. So I'm like it was a calling.
0: Yeah, it, it felt like it yeah. It really felt. Well, I mean, as you're telling me this whole thing, I don't know <laughs> if you've heard it. or If you think about it in your own story, but man, it just seems like the path was
1: paid for you. Uh, I was I was blessed, man. Right? I, I was truly blessed. I mean, you that, really are. Yeah, to to be in this situation. And so I applied at London House. I interviewed with the general manager at the time, and he took a shot on me. I had no downtown experience. You know, I, I didn't. This would be the largest hotel I ever would be at. And we just clicked in the interview. I remember the interview was like two and a half hours long, and I'm like, that had to be a good thing, you know. And then he called me. He's like, "Listen, my, my excuse me, my boss wants to meet you because you know you don't have downtown experience. It's a big hotel." So I go to an interview with his boss, which is now my current boss, George Jordan, the president of the company. And I remember I got a babysitter for the day, and I went in for the interview. I, you know, really prepared, and then he just rapid fired, asked me like ten questions boom 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 and he's like okay you answered them well we'll have an offer by the end of the day <laughs> 10 minutes i was like oh two and a half hours ten yeah, yeah. i was like oh, okay so i started at Leonard house as a director of operations about six months prior to opening in uh december of 2015 so when i got there the building was you know still in construction it was still drywall everywhere and um yeah and then we opened may of 2016 i was the director of operations i really tried to be involved in every department as much as possible to to make sure that the hotel did its best. I you know did the orientations. Uh, I helped in HR. I helped in FMB. I did payroll. Just whatever we could do because when you open a hotel, it's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. You know, it's I a st- lot of work just to run it, but to yeah, open it, I, mean, I, I get the wheels going right. I still remember the night before we opened. Um, you know, we're a Hilton hotel, so our inspector came to us and she's like, "Listen, if you guys don't get at least eighty percent of your rooms with working lamps." You're not going to open tomorrow because we didn't have light bulbs in the construction Holy company. Didn't, so we took all the managers. There like 14 of us, and we just took boxes of light bulbs. We were up till 4 a.m. screwing light bulbs in there.
0: How many <laughs> rooms are there?
1: 452. <laughs> yeah, smoke. 452. So people invited their girlfriends. They invited their wow. sisters and like, hey, can you help us put light bulbs in? And um, and sure enough, the next morning at 7 a.m., we woke up three hours later and we opened the hotel. She's like, yeah, you're good to go. So I was the Director of Ops for a year and a half, and then my boss that hired me, the general manager, decided to take another opportunity elsewhere. And I went to my boss and I was like, "Hey, I, you know, I, I think I'm ready for this GM position. I've been grooming to be a GM for the last, you know, five six years. My whole life. Yeah, I know, just five <laughs> six years. I never thought I'd be in hotels. And he's like, we 'We're going to give you a shot.' So, you know, at, at 30 years old, um, they made me the general manager of London House. It's amazing. Yeah, and. You know, as the general manager of London House, one, it's a beautiful property, great location, but it, it, a lot of expectations came with it. So I was able to bring in some key players that have really embraced their roles and, and have worked very, very hard and looked good for me. There, One in particular that I always mention is uh, Giovanni. He's my director of housekeeping. And I mention him because he's worked with me at every hotel I've ever worked at. Uh, every hotel that I leave to I'm like, "Hey, can you come?" Wow. You know, and at London House, I called him 3 times and he turned me down twice. Wow. And on the third time, I'm like, "This is the last time you're I'm coming." Calling. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, "If you don't come this time, I'm never we'll be friends, but I'm never calling you again for a job." And he he took it and he he really <laughs> is is the best at what he does and he he really makes me look good. But there's countless team members that have worked their butts off to get London House to where it's at, whether it's our director of sales or of finance or sales managers and with that um you know london house was successful we we got london house to be the number one hotel in chicago rated on trip advisor most followed That's a hotel. big deal yeah it really was when we opened we we said we're going to be top 10 and it was because we looked at the landscape and saw that there were really 10 great hotels and i said london london house belongs there yeah uh and you know when we opened you're not ranked and then you move up slowly when i took over as gm we were in the mid 50s so i was like top 10 is where we're going to get to uh, I never thought number one, I'll be honest with you. I said, top 10 uh, is, is the goal. And when we got to number one, um, it was just like a huge... Not not burden, but it was just like, oh, we did it, you know, we did it. And the team members that opened the property knew that was the goal. The team members that were there knew it was the goal. So when we did it, it was just everyone really embraced it. Sure. So with that success in February of 2020, right before the uh, you know, COVID pandemic hit, um, I was promoted to vice president to help our other properties, at least in a consulting basis, help them with their guests. And you said status. there's five in total? Uh, five in total and then London House. So six total gotcha, that I help gotcha. oversee. Gotcha. Um, yeah, five other hotels in Chicago that I help consult with. And I work with the GMs on getting improving their scores, whether it's TripAdvisor, whether it's their you know guest satisfaction scores or just general operations. Um, yeah, and, and with that, honestly, that's when things started picking up steam. I think with the success of London House and what my team has done for me, has really provided recognition for me, and uh, I'm just blessed to be the face of the property, because all the hard work everyone does has has really culminated into what I've been able to accomplish. Absolutely,
0: and and you know one of the things that we had talked about before, and and you've always expressed through our conversations, just you know you're not getting in the spotlight because that's your thing, and you want to be seen, you know. <laughs> but I think that your your story in and of itself is inspirational. So no matter what, people are going to draw their own conclusions, right? Yeah. But for you, it's it, it is about. Kind of being that example that that uh, of of not limiting yourself, and that's the one thing that that we were talking about earlier was just how you know that's really important not to set a ceiling, yeah. right? And and you've really done that. How do you kind of instill that in others, or, or you know how does that become part of your mentorship or just your mantra, if you will, that you pass on to others when you see it, especially, right?
1: Yeah. Well, something that I'm trying that I've been really focusing on probably in the last six months to a year because the pandemic wiped out so many hospitality jobs is getting people interested in hospitality or in the hospitality field. So I'm trying to wipe those ceilings. Is For example, the team that I have with me, it's like, hey, this is the salary we're going to pay you. And sometimes their eyes open up and like, whoa, I've never made that much. It's like, no, but this is what the position pays. This is what Mm -hmm. our expectations are. Mm -hmm. So putting people in positions where it becomes the norm, You know, it doesn't become an anomaly that you're doing this because I'm blessed that my wife is very supportive and she's always like, listen, this is where you should be or this is you know this is what you're capable of where i'm i, I would think to myself like no nah, I'm, I'm i'm in a comfortable place yeah. uh, because Growing up in, in a Mexican household and, and just with the culture we grew up with, you're grateful with what you have. You know That's just the mentality we have. We're very grateful. Or you get slapped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get the act, right? <laughs> exactly. No, don't ask
0: for that. No, so. You don't leave the water running, you don't leave the door open. Exactly. So it's <laughs> like not, you it's, it's not like, where it's here's more. <laughs> you know, right, right, it's, right, that's right, not right. the mentality. So I
1: think it's taken me a while, and I'm still in that sense where I'm grateful and feel blessed to where I'm at, to where I'm like, no, I might be asking for too much. But surrounding myself with great mentors, mm-hmm. people that... Are like no, there's there's more that that's you're capable of more, or you're capable of, of achieving more, and then or you're worth more, right? Yeah, you should value worth, yourself. Yeah, more, exactly. Right? And because of that, I've been trying to instill that in others. Like one of the things I always tell young professionals or even students that are interested in hospitality is, it's not just front desk and housekeeping. There's so many career paths you can take, yep. and not only are they fun and interesting, but they're also very financially rewarding. Um, because people don't don't think about that. You know, yep. most of the front desk positions in the city of Chicago start anywhere from 18 to 22 dollars an hour at minimum and minimum wage is 15 so Mm -hmm. that's an entry-level position where you don't need any college uh, degree or experience so that's kind of the message I have and is is by you know taking down the curtain and showing people what's possible because I think if you keep the curtain up people are always going to put uh, glass ceilings on themselves so I'm trying to take those curtains down and be like no it's possible
0: I think you're doing it. I think you're doing it well, um, you know, and I'm super grateful for you for sharing your story and being vulnerable enough to, to talk about it because I know it's oh, sure. not, you know, always your, your prerogative to be that way, but to be an example for others and to lead others in that direction. So I'm very grateful for you and, and also for being a part of this community. So I'm very excited to see, you know, what things you have going on. And if you're out there, uh, he's a very busy man, but yeah, you know, <laughs> please reach out. I highly encourage you. You can do so by filling out the form. He'll get that directly in his inbox. Oh, I just thank you. You know, thank you for coming in and no, thank either. you for what you do.
1: Really appreciate it. This was uh, this was fun. Uh, like you said, it's always uh, it's tough to share the story, but I think if it can inspire someone else to find their way, then I think it's all worth it.
0: Absolutely, and I know it will. So thank you.
1: Thank you.